Hi, I'm Shay, and I'm actually here with the entire Scare Your Pants Off team. And today we've constructed a fun little story, um, something akin to like an old time radio show. Uh, and it's a story written by me. So we hope you enjoy. And this is the story about timidly the man who's scared of everything. Timothy Idley was afraid of most things, and tailored his life around those fears. The outside world terrified him, so he managed to land a job mostly from home, with the exception of one mandatory office day per month. Come along and see what happens when a man who fears everything is pushed to face everything he fears. waking up, your eyes can play tricks on you. Couple that with the fact that good old Tim was just notified the other day that his neighbor's harmless five-foot-tall python had just escaped via a flyer on his door, asking people to keep an eye and hopefully help him reunite with his beloved pet. Beautiful creature for sure. Harmless in most ways, truly. But all that was shadowed by the fear for Tim, and for a split second, as he hung his feet off his bed to slide into his slippers, he thought he may have found the sweet, good old-natured gal, lovingly named Piper. Nothing was there. It was just his morning mind playing with him. <sighs> Breathe, Tim. There's nothing there. It's going to be okay. Today is going to be okay. It's just nine hours with lunch. Tim rose from his bed and carefully made his way to the kitchen to start the coffee maker before readying himself for the day.
bathroom was equipped with triple the safety bars you'd find in a bathroom of someone more than double his age. sat by the sink for him to pull to the front when he brushed his teeth. The thought of brushing his teeth while standing sent a tingle to the back of his throat. Up to 80% of all household accidental falls happen in the bathroom. And all Tim could imagine himself with falling forward by accident and hitting the sink, lodging his toothbrush down his throat. He'd seen it once on an old rescue 911 show his mom used to watch, and he hasn't one day since forgotten it. He also had a chair in his walk in shower for fear of a fall, and his toilet surrounded by bars as well. The entire surface of his shower and bathroom floor were covered with treading to help avoid accidental falls. And the corner of his sink was padded with bone. His mirrors all over the apartment had adjustable curtains in front of them to keep him from accidentally coming into his line of sight when he was unprepared, especially at night. Mirrors frightened him deeply, though he could hardly figure out why. Hello? Gus? Yes, Mr. Ridley. Your ride is here. Oh. Did you see them walk about at all? Yes, sir. They came to the door. Not a trace of inebriation that I could see. Or smell? Or smell. Oh, you managed to get close enough this time to know for sure. Yes, sir. I initiated a handshake. No smell of alcohol or otherwise. Coughing? No, Mr. Ridley. No coughing, sneezing, itching, sniffling, or any other evidence signs of illness. Carla clean? Smells it too. Inside and out. Think you're safe to travel. You're a good man, Gus. Happy to help. Good old Tim made his way to the main floor of his building via elevator. The choice to take the elevator was made only because of his fear of backless stairs was far deeper seated, which was only slightly less terrifying than the thought of living on the first floor. Gus stepped on the pedal of the vestibule trash basket or the tissue Tim would always discard after touching any necessary buttons with it before sanitizing his hands anyway. Thank you, Gus. My pleasure, Mr. Ridley. Driver seems well prepared to transport you. Far better than the last one. Don't remind me. See your fast food wrappers, the Coca-Cola bottles. It smelled like a dumpster. Back passenger side is open for you and everything. Gus had worked in Tim's building for going on nine years, knew to step back as he walked by, not offering his hand for even a fist bump and a greeting. 
Instead, good old Gus would simply open the door after greeting him so he could pass through without any cut. See you later on today. Hope your day goes well. Me too, Gus. Me too. Tim slid into the back seat and Gus gently closed the door. Hi, Tim. I'm Alan. Mr. Aniston sent me to get you today. Yes, I can see that. Thank you very much. I do appreciate the tidiness of your vehicle and trust that you're also a safe driver. Yes, sir. Not one accident, ticket, or even traffic stop, minus one time when my brake light was out. That's been fixed, correct? Next morning, I was at the shop having it changed. Did the other side for good measure. Very good. Two more bodies were found this morning. Not another one. Can you believe? Please turn that off. Please turn that off. Please. Local authorities say each victim was wearing... I'm so sorry. They didn't say no radio. I had no idea. I don't mind the radio. It's the news I prefer not to hear. Maybe better off we keep it off for the ride. That story is going to be on all the stations. I'll sync up my Bluetooth for the ride home this evening and play from my playlists. I have a soft rock playlist that will likely be right up your alley. Sounds nice. Thank you. The reminder that thankfully short ride was quiet. And the true to his word, once safely parked, we should open office building doors so teens' hands could maintain their currently clean-feeling status and even push elevator buttons to call it, then send it to a floor. On top of that, without hesitation, stayed behind while Tim rode up to the seventh floor because he was already given the knowledge that he would only use an empty elevator in case of a power failure. So Tim would have all the space he needed to both breathe and manage his claustrophobia. Timmy boy! Good old Tim Edley! Been a month already? Clive, an unabrashedly brash man, clapped Tim on the back as he greeted him. Tim nearly buckled forward, his entire body nearly vibrating with panic. Seems it has been that long. If you'll respect my personal space, Clive, I've got to prep for the meeting this morning. Of course, of course. We'll have to catch up later. Maybe catch a drink after work. Possibly. His words edged gently towards possibility, but his body language spoke the truth loudly. Luckily for both Clive and Tim, Clive was far too into making his way around the office, listening to his own voice, to even recall Tim said possibly, and the time would come. Almost on time this morning, Idley. Alan's a good kid. Hope you weren't too hard on him. Jeffries will be here by 11.30, so 11.15 in the conference room to compare notes, all right? Yes, sir. This discovery makes a total of five bodies since the first were found last night. No, 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 no. Tim pulled his headphones from his bag and quickly put them on to drown out the news and ensuing conversations. His mind raced to wondering about the bodies he had been unable to avoid hearing about, and he fought to keep his thoughts at bay. Frankly, in today's world, it was unlikely that he could concoct in his mind anything worse than what was likely happening. The world around him advertised fear daily. He took every ounce he could get. 
The next hour or so would fly as he organized his meeting notes and tidied up some loose ends in his paperwork. Tim. Hey, Tim. Earth to Tim. Tim Idley. Sorry? I, I, I didn't hear you. It's fine, Idley. Straighten your tie and let's move. Meeting's been moved up. Jeffries has to catch a flight earlier than expected. Bring your coffee, but pour it into a company mug. He eats that shit up. Teamwork and morale and all. It's not coffee, it's... I don't care if it's toilet water, piss, or air. Have it in a company mug, and at least pretend to sip out of it. Deal? I'll grab one on my way in there. Tim's mind whirled with the new possibilities laid in front of him. The break room was no man's land for him. A treasure trove of loud conversations, food smells, dirty dishes, and bacteria, and the constant stream of ants had always seemed to find the sugar at the coffee station because no one seems to understand how to close a lid or clean a spill. These were all standard things in many workplaces, but for Tim, they were nearly crippling. The mugs were all housed above the coffee station, in an open-air cabinet, easily accessible to not only he and his co-workers, but an endless array of bacteria. He stood at the coffee station and looked up at the collection of company-labeled mugs, some even still with lipstick prints on them, and his stomach churned at the sight. Yeah, people can be pretty gross. I heard the boss, man. Let me get one down for you and give it a wash. I'll try and neaten up and keep those ants at bay. Today they aren't so bad. The time of year doesn't help either, though. Thank you. I, I really do appreciate it. I mean, ants can carry diseases like Shigella, Salmonella, Strep, E. coli, and... So often they're overlooked because their size is what had but they can cause a great number of issues. Here you go, all clean. He hands Tim a freshly clean and spotless mug. Just so you know, they do still have some news playing throughout the office near the conference room. I caution them to lower the volume, but you may want to hum something on your way over. Thank you again, Helen. Tim would hurry to the conference room and hardly catch even an audible glimpse of the news on his way. He sat in a chair assigned to him, in which the table surface front had been especially re-sanitized for his company. He and a few from his office, in on the meeting, including their boss, compared notes quickly, until the doorway was darkened by Mr. Jeffries. He was coughing and hacking and blowing his nose in a stained handkerchief on his way in. Goddamn springtime allergies will be the death of me! <coughs> the car that picked us up smelled like warm, rotten onions. So was windows down. I have a call in with the company. He'll be removed from the drive share rotation if I have anything to say about it. He worked his way around the table as everyone stood to shake. And as he made his way to good old Tim, the color drained from his face. And just as quickly, he was out like a light. Next time Tim would open his eyes, he would be surrounded by co-workers. Alan, front and center dabbing his face with a cool cloth. That makes nine total dead now. How have they not realized? So have they all been wearing headphones? Well, shit, why do they keep listening? Guys, take it out there, please. Tim, can you hear me? You fainted and banged your elbow on the way down. It throbbed now that it was mentioned. They said once you were up that I should bring you home when you felt ready to move. Bossman told Jeffrey that you were dehydrated and feeling a bit under the weather, but he asked you to come in for the meeting. 
Jeffrey was impressed with your dedication. Tim nodded, still finding himself a bit groggy. Oh, I think I'm ready to go now. <clears throat> the pair headed out of the office following this same procedure, and just as before, things went well. That was until they didn't. As they drove towards Tim's home, traffic came to a halt. The news Tim had been avoiding is taken to the streets. And right there in front of them were emergency vehicles and a grouping of people, some crying, some screaming, but all looking on in horror as a loaded, then covered, a runner who had dropped dead right there on the sidewalk for seemingly no reason into the ambulance just as nine others had in the last 12 hours. If you want to know, I can find out. If not, you may want to cover your ears and close your eyes. And for the remainder of the trip, he did just that, not wanting to take the time to rustle through his bag and find his headphones. Alan would make the trip as fast as he could, and when he pulled back up to Tim's apartment, good old Gus was there to open the door. Tim waved Alan goodbye and headed inside. Bad day, Mr. Ridley? Short one, at least. I'll call the elevator. Thank you, Gus. And he finally found himself able to relax again, just as he did every Friday after dinner. He sat in his recliner, pulled on his headphones, and started up the newest episode of his favorite podcast. Gather your geek. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Shay, and I'm here with my good friend Tom, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode 1 of Scare Your Pants Off, our American road trip. But poor Tim Idley would never hear the intro beyond the music, and would be body number 13, unlucky 13 to be found in such a manner, when Gus didn't get his usual morning response the next day. He checked in, as he always did, to see if he needed anything or was expecting any deliveries that day. Had he only listened to the news that day, he would have found that the place he felt safest, where he went to escape, would be the death of him. Each of the bodies were found donning headphones of some sort and may have likely been tuned into the same podcast. But I suppose with autoplay, we'll never know. <laughs>